During his presidential campaign, Joe Biden pledged to build on the Affordable Care Act, expand health insurance coverage, and control prescription drug prices. Biden and congressional Democrats have pursued an array of health care reforms, and some of them have resulted in meaningful change. But the administration hasn't achieved many of its original objectives. I'm Stephen Morrissey, managing editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jonathan Oberlander, a professor of social medicine and of health policy and management at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Professor Oberlander has written a perspective article about healthcare reform during the first year of the Biden presidency. Professor Oberlander, how did Biden's healthcare agenda compare with that of the other candidates in the 2020 election? And what did his win say about the type of reform that appeals to the American public? During the 2020 presidential primary on the Democratic side, there were clearly two groups. One headlined by Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren was a Medicare for all group. And the other group was a public option, build on the Affordable Care Act, more incremental group. And that's where Joe Biden had his mark. That's what Joe Biden represented. And the fact that he won the Democratic primary indicated, I think, that even though many Democrats do support Medicare for all, that there is also lots of comfort with his position. And then during his first year in office, what kinds of healthcare policies did Biden advance by means of executive order or other administrative changes, things that didn't require congressional support? I think it's important to acknowledge that one of the main strategies of the Biden administration has been to take the executive orders that Donald Trump issued during his time in the White House and simply reverse them. And so, for example, the Trump administration allowed states to apply for waivers where they could mandate that non-disabled Medicaid enrollees would have to work. And the Biden administration has simply rescinded uh, the ability of states to obtain those waivers. They've reversed Trump policies related to immigrants' eligibility for benefits as well. The Biden administration also has done things that the Trump administration was reluctant to do For example, they opened back up the Affordable Care Act marketplace where the uninsured can go and buy coverage. They opened that back up for a special enrollment period during the pandemic. And they also very importantly reinstated advertising and outreach to try and get people to sign up, which the Trump administration had largely rolled back during its time in office. And then what about legislation? What health-related laws has Biden successfully helped to move through Congress? Well, it's a short list. They've had a hard time getting things through. And the most important law that they got through in terms of health policy is back in spring 2021, which is the American Rescue Plan Act. And that was not all about or mainly about health care. There are all kinds of provisions in there related to COVID relief, but it did have quite a few health care provisions in it. And some of the more notable ones included enhancing the subsidies that Americans receive when they buy private coverage through the Affordable Care Act marketplaces. One of the critiques has been for a long time that those plans are unaffordable, especially for middle-class Americans. And this extended the scope of those subsidies, made them more generous so more people can use them, more people can buy coverage with comprehensive financial assistance. It did other things as well outside of the Affordable Care Act, including creating a state option to extend Medicaid coverage postpartum 
increasing that from two months to 12 months, which is a big deal given uh, the context of rising maternal mortality rates in the United States, particularly among Black women. In your perspective article, which was published online in March, you noted that a key challenge the Biden administration could pursue was fixing the ACA's family glitch. And the administration must have been paying attention because plans have recently been announced in this area. Can you talk about what is being proposed? Yeah, I didn't know the perspective pieces had such power. I would have had a longer wish list had I known. In any case, the family glitch is a longstanding problem with the Affordable Care Act. And boiled down, what it meant is that the children and partners of workers had very limited access to subsidies through the ACA marketplace, even if coverage was very expensive for them. And that's because when this was implemented during the Obama administration, the Affordable Care Act said that if workers get an, quote, unaffordable offer of coverage from their employers, they can go into the marketplace and buy coverage with subsidies. And they defined what unaffordable meant, exceeding, I think, nine and a half percent of income. But they judged affordability only on the basis of an individual worker's premium, not the cost of the premium for the whole family, which, of course, is often not subsidized at all or very much by an employer. And as a result, there were millions of Americans who did not qualify for coverage in the marketplace and really didn't have an affordable option. The Biden administration has just recently, as you said, proposed to fix what is called the family glitch and issue a reinterpretation of this that would make them eligible. And when that is finalized, that will be a big deal for a lot of American families. So you say in your article that beyond these reforms, the ones you've talked about, the administration hasn't achieved other objectives that Biden campaigned on. Why do you think there's been such little movement on things such as lowering the age of eligibility for Medicare, enacting a public option program? What's slowing things down? I think in large part, the Biden administration is a victim of exaggerated expectations. In the aftermath of the 2020 elections, people were out there talking about the transformational ability of his presidency and could this be a new, new deal. But when you look at the kind of congressional majorities he has, they're as thin as you get. He's got a majority of four in the House and essentially zero in the Senate with Vice President Harris being the tie-breaking vote those kind of majorities, it's really hard to move forward ambitious plans in healthcare and controversial plans. And it tends to lead to incrementalism. And if you take something like the public option, that's a very controversial proposal that a lot of stakeholders, of course, oppose. And one that is unlikely that you're going to be able to secure all 50 Democratic votes in the Senate. So I think simply the narrow breadth of their congressional majorities has really circumscribed what they're able to do legislatively. Finally, how much time do you think Biden and the congressional Democrats reasonably have to implement reforms, whether incremental or substantial, before the midterm elections? And what kind of changes do you think are feasible? What time is it? What's the date? Not much. <laughs> Not much time. I think the sands are running down here. Midterm elections are usually bad for the party in power. And when you've got a context that we have right now of a president who has a very low popularity rating, a very high inflation rate, if you had to guess right now, you would say that Democrats are going to lose and lose badly in November and likely to lose their majority in the House and perhaps their majority in the Senate as well. So whatever Democrats want to do They've got to do in the next couple months, because after all, when we get out of the summer, 
members of Congress are going to be back on the campaign trail campaigning for re-election. And I think this is really crucial for Democrats because they've been trying to get through what they had inartfully called the Build Back Better Act that had all these other healthcare provisions, sort of the next installment of an incremental agenda to build on the Affordable Care Act. And among other things, it extends the duration of some of the important changes in that 2021 law, such as making the Affordable Care Act subsidies more generous. In other words, if they do not pass something to extend the duration, those subsidies are going to expire and there's going to be a massive cliff where people lose financial assistance. So they've got a lot on the line here and they actually, I think, do not have very much time to get done whatever they want to do. Thank you, Professor Oberlander.